everyone. Welcome to Murders in Paradise. I am Jen, joined as always by Jardad. Good evening. Good evening, Jardad. It's been a long, long time since we've done a murder podcast. It's all virtual. <laughs> time has no meaning. Time is a flat circle. People binge these. They're like, it doesn't matter. You get the <laughs> For them, it's like exactly the same time as between all the other podcasts. Sorry, everybody. I was murdered by the end of the semester. Oh, I think that's a good one. It's It has been a... Very busy semester for me, and the end of the semester is always the busiest. So, uh, anyway. I know. If you're students, imagine how busy you are at times all the students in your class. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough for us, too. Uh, anyway, the semester's not quite over. I still have a lot of grading to do, but the teaching part is over. And now it's just dealing with students who are like, could I please redo all my work and have it regraded because I feel like it's not reflective of my performance that I have not done well all semester. Or I really need an A. Yeah. I don't think you understand. Yep. Talk to your professors early on if you're having difficulties. And don't just say you need an A. Don't ever just say you need an A. Uh, anyway, so it's been a while, but my hope is that Giardana and I are going to record just a ton of these podcasts and so we're going to be able to keep releasing them every two weeks like we promise and fail to live up to all the time uh starting with this week where we're doing key west's bloodiest christmas the christmas of 1921 in key west another oldie uh season appropriate yes so this article comes from the south florida sun sentinel it is very well written i would i want to open with their uh their little starting paragraph and then i'm basically going to just recount you their article because that's how we do it on this podcast it is a lazy podcast peace on earth goodwill toward men the spirit of christmas but not in key west in 1921 da, da, da. that year the holiday season exploded into a tropical wave of violence culminating in a grisly murder there were many who participated yet no one would say who the killers were no one was ever charged for the record the crime remains an unsolved murder Another Key West legend. Uh, oh. I know. And uh, so over dinner, Dad and I were like, All right, well, yeah. I'm like, let me tell you some of the, you know, brief summaries of the cases. And I basically just have a big file with like a bunch of links to stories. And I read that part and we're like, oh, yeah, we should totally do that one. It's kind of like timely because we're coming up on Christmas times. And uh, but I hadn't read this article. I had just been like, oh, okay, like, you know, put down for future use. And man, when I was reading through this, I was like, damn, this <laughs> is like, it's dark. There's like nothing even funny about this one. It's just, I mean, not that any murders are ever funny, but sometimes there's like kind of crazy circumstances going on around them. This is just, all right. Anyway. Ugh. All right. Well, I don't know, man. I don't like that intro. <laughs> Sorry. Ugh. Okay. Uh, so the victim here is known as Isleno, or maybe Ileno. His family came from the Canary Islands. So he is from Key West, but his family came from the Canary Islands, which are near Spain. Um, his name is Manola Cabeza, but everybody called him... I'm going to drop the S as one would do in Spanish and call him Ileno. The Islander is what it means. Uh, so he served in World War I. He was a decorated veteran comes home to Key West after the war and he operates a bar or a coffee shop or a nightclub or a speakeasy, depending on what you want to call it. It's called the Red Rooster, though. Mm. Uh, it's over on the waterfront. 
it says in this article, it knew no shortage of action after sundown. <laughs> uh, so this is during Prohibition. Oh. Uh, so Key West, real close to Cuba. Closer to Cuba than to mainland Florida. Cuba did not have prohibition. It did not. And so there was a ton of illegal booze coming into Key West. Rum being run? Rum being run out of Havana, Mm. Havana, into Key West. And uh, so, yeah, there were all kinds of like speakeasies and bars and gambling dens and prostitution. Shenanigans. Yeah. All kinds of stuff going on down on the waterfront. Uh, this article says it was a lawless world, but the muscular Cabeza could take care of any unruly patrons at the red rooster. One old key Wester, Perucho Sanchez described Cabeza as one tough, mean hombre. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, uh, at the time there was a sex worker on the waterfront down there. Her name is Angela mixed race. And at the time in 1921, mixed race basically means that you're black, mm. right? You don't, you don't get to pretend to be a white person, basically. Even though she was very light-skinned, she did not pass as a white person. She was mixed race. And so he basically says, you know, you don't have to do that anymore. Come live with me. Who says that? Uh, El- Elena, the Islander. The Islander. Mm-hmm. Let's call him the Islander. Yeah. I like the Islander. Yeah. So the Islander's like... You know, you don't have to like work the waterfront. Come live with me. She moves in with him. Um, Very Patron- noble. Uh, down on Petronia, St- Petronia Street, which is uh, like the Bahama Village neighborhood of Key West. This is, you know, he had a little place back there. Cool. Uh, yeah, cool. Except not really cool in 1921. So Key West was then... And is now a pretty laid back place and like do whatever you want to do. But uh, it's like if you're a white guy like the Islander was, they're like, if you want to have sex with a black lady, like that's fine. But keep it on the down low. But you want to live with a black lady like that's not okay. Mm. And, uh, you know, most most people were like, whatever, man, like do do whatever you want to do. Um, but it, there was a chapter of the Ku Klux Klan in Key West. Ugh. And they were not okay with it. And so uh, on the night of December 23rd, 1921, five cars loaded with Klansmen, like hoods and everything, pull up to the Islander's house. They go inside. They pull them out. Uh, He manages to pull the masks off a couple of them and knows who they are. They beat the crap out of him, Uh, like baseball bats, drag him around with a rope. Then they take him to the edge of town. They strip him, they whip him, and they tar and feather him. He doesn't die. Uh, The police come and investigate. He says he doesn't know who any of them were. Interesting. Though he did. Mm -hmm. And uh, he tells the police that they told him that he had to leave town because he was, quote, living with a Negro woman. And... He says he doesn't recognize any of the assailants. He goes home. He has a ruptured kidney. Oof. So he's in really bad shape. Um, and Angela, his common-law wife, uh, she's, like, pissed. So she decides she's going to put a voodoo curse on all of these clansmen. Good. 
The article says, there in the candlelight, she made her sacrifice of chickens, mixed blood and bones, screamed her curse on the clansmen of Key West, violent death to all who had harmed her husband. Nice. All right. So the next day, it's Christmas Eve. The Islander, still not feeling great because he has a ruptured kidney and, I mean, has been, like, you know, beaten in all of this, gets out his army-issue Colt revolver, hails a cab... And starts driving around looking for the guys. In a cab. In a cab. <laughs> this poor cab driver, man, like he just gets pulled into this whole mess. Okay, so they drive past uh, one guy's house. He just, the Islander, just shoots randomly at the house as they drive past. And he's like, okay, keep going. This is a drive-by shooting before they had them. With a cab, dri- with a cab driver who's like <laughs> yes. not at all involved. Like, That's really loud, sir. Can, yeah. can you not shoot in my car? Uh, Ow. Yeah. Okay, so uh first he goes to the railroad terminal looking for a baggage handler who he had recognized that guy had the night off then he goes to this william decker's house he's the manager of the cigar factory this is where he does the drive-by shooting in the cab um then they go to a police officer's house who apparently was also one of the clansmen the the islanders like "Ah, his car's not there just keep going okay so Decker, this is the worst planned revenge ever. Oh, yeah. Decker, uh, whose house got shot up, he wasn't there. He was out Christmas shopping. So while they're driving around, they see him coming home from his Christmas shopping. So the Islander tells the cab, like, make this U-turn. They pull up next to the car of the guy, shoots him through the window, kills him. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so he gets one of him, and he says, Decker, this is how a man kills a man <laughs> before he shot him. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he died. It says, in the back seat of Decker's car was a turkey dressed for the Decker family Christmas dinner. So, anyway. It caught two bullets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the cab driver is trying to get out of it at this point. <laughs> so the Islander jumps out of the car because <laughs> he's like, oh, you're not going to drive me around anymore? Fine. Uh, <laughs> So he runs up to the cupola of the Solano building at Petronia and Whitehead Streets. So this is right by, uh, so Petronia is where Blue Heaven is, where we eat all the time. Petronia and Whitehead is where uh, the Blue Macaw is. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so it's on that intersection. Right. Um, I don't know if this building with the cupola is still there. Um, It would be on the kind of Duval side of Whitehead. Who knows? There's a a two-story building there, there, you know, that cell phone store yeah i don't know if there's a cupola on any of those or you know this is 1921 the buildings could have changed um so anyway he runs up in there and uh so this band of armed men a lot of clansmen shows up and he's up there they start shooting up at the cupola he's like shooting back at him he's like fuck you guys shooting (laughs) back at him nobody gets hit with any bullets Uh. on either side okay so then the sheriff calls the naval station which is still down there or i mean it's there now it was there then and the navy's like okay so they sent some marines in to help this is not a thing that should happen but you know it was 1921 constitutional even then they sent six marines to help arrest the islander so uh they they're shouting up at the islander and they're like look we promise we'll protect you at the jail if you come down and he says, only if McGinnis comes for me. So McGinnis is a deputy. He'd been a federal marshal. He's basically the one guy that the Islander trusts. Because the the sheriff, he's like, that dude's a freaking racist. Like, he could have been part of the problem in the first place. So 
They go get this McGinnis guy from his house. He comes. The Marines and him go up, get the Islander. The Islander comes down. At this point, there's this huge crowd gathered down there, mostly fans of the Islander. So they're all cheering for him as he's led off to jail. Huh. Okay. So they get him to jail. The Marines are standing guard at the jail to keep the Klansmen from coming in and getting him. And then Sheriff Curry, the one who he didn't trust, at 1 a.m. is like, you know what, Marines? Like, it's Christmas. Oh, I got no. it under control. You guys can go home. So he sends him away. Nice. Okay. Shortly after the Marines leave at 1 a.m., five cars with their lights off drive up to the jail. Fifteen men enter the building. Curry, the sheriff, oh, he's gone home. There's nobody there. Yeah, he's there's, left all the doors open, I'm sure. Yes, there is the Islander in his cell, and then there's some like poor drunk dude in the next cell over. The drunk guy is like knows exactly what's happening, hides under a blanket. Uh the clansmen walk in. Yeah, the cell is unlocked, take him out. Uh and the, they brought in lead weighted blackjacks beat him in his cell they drag him tie him to the bumper of his car drag his body from the jail to east martello tower so this is on smathers beach kind of by where the airport is now far yeah yeah they drag him quite away uh there they hang him from a palm tree he's probably dead at this point just to be sure they shot him shot him a bunch of times shot his hanging body uh and then left him there Nice. So Christmas morning, wake up. Here's this dude. It's not good. That's it. Nobody was ever charged. Uh, they did go to a grand jury and the grand jury said the Islanders actions led to the lynching. Not, oh, cause he was out like on a shooting rampage. No, that's not the actions that led to it. He was living with a Negro woman quote. He was living with a Negro woman. It was an affront to society. Yeah. Who convened the grand jury? Like the sheriff probably. Probably. Sheriff yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the grand jury report says he had a very bad reputation. His name was a terror to officers of the law and to citizens in general were of the opinion that the lynching of Cabeza was not done by an organized society, but by individuals unknown to us. Unknown to us. It's like half the police department. I know, right? Uh, God, it's terrible. It's terrible. That's what I said. I was like, there's nothing even like to joke about with no. this one. Uh, so I guess the slightly lighter twist at the end is just, you know, what about that voodoo curse that the wife put on? Uh, so at least all these assholes start dying. Uh, so Sheriff Curry drowned while he was fishing. And then now eventually everybody's going to (laughs) die. So, you know, all right. And then in the thirties, it's like 10 years later, uh, Key West went bankrupt and, Uh, You know, a bunch of people are like, I think about him every time, you know, like I go past that tree where he was hung because a bunch of the palm trees had started dying. Uh, A lot of the guys who had beaten him and taken him out, you know, had stuff happen. Uh, but who knows, right? I mean, it's like over the next 20 years, bad stuff happened to these guys. Well, I'm like, hey, I mean. They're jerks too and they live bad lives and they're probably rum running and whatever. So it says some 40 years later, legend had it that a flowery curse had been placed by the Islanders father. Now, this is not true. That guy first was illiterate. uh, Second was from Spain. So he spoke a little bit of English, but not a lot, but like absolutely could not have written this curse. But I'm going to read you the curse because it's really good. Uh, if any, if there are any cursed spirits listening, I'm not actually trying to cast this curse. I just, I'm going to read it. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. 
O God, let this beautiful island falsely prosper with good things, fair weather, smugness, and freedom to play and to love. But then, Almighty God, always rip from this island the sweetness. As the cruel equator's sun burns the pink skin of the northern visitor, please, God, blight each business undertaking, slay the men who go off to wars, make friendships perish, and houses to blaze containing the prissy possessions of those who are not wise enough to know that one cannot possess." Make happy island laughs turn into groans. Let every pillow be wet with the loss of a loved one. May a vicious disease strike and destroy while the cool island zephyrs sigh over the lonely and damned island people. <laughs> that's a good curse. Yeah, that's like a, yeah. I mean, like that's impressive. Fantasy island. Like it's, it's all good, but then there's always something really bad. To, yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, anyway, someone investigated it and said that's fake. <laughs> it, it was not written by the... Or whatever, composed sure. by the father That's of the what guy. They want to believe. Uh, the guy who investigated did quote what the father said when he knelt at his son's grave. He said the father's prayer was, "Those responsible for my son's death may die a thousand times more painful death." And the article ends, "Merry Christmas, Key West." Oh. Yeah. Yikes. So there you go. That's terrible, man. That's real dark. bad. I know because all the touristy stuff here is all dressed up like, oh, in the Civil War, it was a Union stronghold and everything mm-hmm. was fine. And yeah, yeah we yeah. had fun and Hemingway drank here and it was great. And it's like... Clan was here yeah, too. Yeah, people were getting lynched. That's yeah. freaking yeah. great. I mean, I, you know, it's a small place and I don't think it was very... That there were a lot of lynchings, but there was certainly this one. Yeah, and that's like full on straight, like classic They got in the grand jury there. to say, it's no problem. It's fine. We would have encouraged that ourselves. It's his fault. He shouldn't have been living with a mixed race woman. <sighs> yeah. Bunch of bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. Uh, dog palate cleanser. We really need one after that. Do the Pyrenee pups. Oh, all right. So in Utah, there's this couple out snowmobiling and they're like way off the trails and they find this mama dog, great Pyrenees dog, and eventually her three puppies they're like little snowballs yeah they're little puppies i mean they're eight ten weeks old they're little they were living in the carcass of a sheep yeah they think that the mom was a like working shepherd dog this apparently happens out there and that she had sort of gone off to have her puppies and that the shepherd hadn't brought her in but they said that it's not all that uncommon for shepherds that'll have these great pyrenees dogs out there you kind of tending to the flocks. And then at the end of the season, they just leave the dogs out there. They just sort of treat them as disposable. I don't think it's like all of them, but apparently it's like not that Jeez. unusual to just be like, okay, well I'll get a new dog next year to do it. Uh, not that that's necessarily what happened in this case, but they, uh, anyway, they did feed the mama dog and, uh, but she was really skittish and they couldn't get her. And so they're like, well, let's get the puppies. And so they, took all three puppies they apparently left it says they left a 20 pound bag of dog food for the mom i don't know why they would have a 20 pound bag of dog food if they were snowmobiling uh maybe they went back and put the food. always travel with dog food perhaps i mean it's not bad advice something you would do like you always always have a little leash in your glove compartment you never know not only do i have a leash i have like the legal papers for someone to legally surrender their dog (laughs) so if i like see someone like beating their dog on the street i can be like hey I can give you some money for that dog to sign this paper so that they're legally mine and I'll put my little leash on them and go away. It's worth a shot. Yep. Uh, anyway, 
So that has not happened. We have found strays, but not yeah, we've so never we, actually repossessed a dog. All of, all of the dogs we found, we have reunited with their owners as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they these three puppies got pulled back. Uh, great Pyrenees Rescue of Montana. This was in Utah, but Montana has a Great Pyrenees Rescue that uh, they're like, please, nobody else apply to adopt these dogs. Like we got too many. Because it was on the news, and they're such cute little puppies. They're so and cute. They're, you know, yeah. people don't know Grand Pyrenees are not actually people focused dogs they're bred for shepherding yeah yeah it's it's they, they look like golden retriever puppies like a little yeah, bit bigger the puppies. But, um, but, they, but they are good at killing coyotes and you know protecting herds really good at that yeah but they're not real you know lovey-dovey they're not really. the same as goldens nope yep um so anyway i'm sure that the great pyrenees rescue will find good people to take them uh and they still haven't found the mom so we were talking about this, like how they have the 20 pounds of dog food, but they had a GPS location of where they found it. So they could have gone back and put it's the dog food like out there. It's been less than a week, I think. So. Yes. Yeah. They were found, I think, last weekend, maybe the beginning of this week. Yeah. So uh, so there's still hope that they will find the mom out there. There were a bunch of search parties that were going to go out and try to find her. But it's just remote. I mean, this is not a it suburb. Really is. This, is, this, this yeah. is the wilderness. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but look, I mean, if you're a person who likes to snowmobile, sure. what the heck, what a great way to spend your weekend. You get to go out and do the thing you like, and then also like try to help a dog. That's yeah. pretty cool. Although I think snow, snowmobiling is really loud and fast. And I don't think, I mean, the dog could be like right there and you'd probably miss her. Yeah. Somebody She's tracked white. the dog, uh, yeah. like they were following tracks to some place. So hopefully they'll, that'd be good. Her. It'd the be good. pups probably don't care at this point. They're probably like, this is awesome. Someone's feeding me. They, they look old enough that they weren't relying on milk or, the, or they, uh, yeah. I mean, who knows, they right? Their situation was weird, but meat, uh, not good. Uh, good but for, yeah, they were old dogs. enough to be separated from a mom at that age. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I'm sure you will see updates if you're a dog internet person, if they find the mom, but that was a good, that was a story. good one. Yeah. Good job people saving those puppies and i think they tried very hard to get the mom too but i mean we've tried this before too that dog that we the saw mom ran away yeah yeah we had found we were driving i guess back from the keys to dc at one point mm -hmm. and saw this little like a jack russell in one of the carolinas south like, carolina i think in the middle of 95 like it was in the median strip between the north and southbound lanes just running around completely panicked and we saw it and like pulled over and I got out with my little thing and was like trying everything to catch that dog. Yeah. And it would not come near me. It kept frantic. running away. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point like bolted across, like it was, it was like a movie bolted across the highway and there's this like semi coming and it's like, wow, like, <laughs> this big horn at it. Of course that just freaked the dog out more. I got to the other side, which was safer, right? Yeah. At least because there's like Off woods the on the side. And, it's not yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. In between the lanes. But I mean, I was trying, I'd try going behind it. I'd try approaching quietly. I had snacks. I tried chasing it. Nothing. Like I couldn't get it. So no. like, that happens. If you've got a skittish dog, hard to get him. So good job to those people. Good job for getting the pups. Well, thanks everyone for sticking with us. Stay and subscribe to Murders in Paradise despite our slow and irregular postings. There were technical difficulties. No, there weren't. I was just tec <laughs> no, there weren't. technically having some difficulty with my timing of all the stuff I had to do. It was the internet's fault. Yeah. So uh, hopefully we'll keep coming at you every two weeks now if things work out right.
Yeah, there's going to be a lot more murders. Yay. <laughs> no more murders. we got plenty of old ones to deal with. Murder. Nobody murder anybody. Mur there's people murdering all the time in Key West. Well, not all the time, but there's a pretty regular supply of there's stabbies. There's a lot of attempts. Murder attempts, for sure. Stabbinesses. We could do like a year in review of like... People shooting themselves in shoulders. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Weird near-death experiences in the Keys. Because we cover the murders pretty much, but... Yeah, we could yeah. do a little sub not not quite murder crime roundup yeah that'd yeah. be good which we do sometimes anyway so not always murder <laughs> well that's it for this episode until next week everybody don't conk out don't conk out bye bye